It's nine million people. Who cares about me? I do. No, you are not! Why does it have to be this? Welcome to Two Guys, a Girl, and the Podcast. We're talking about Doctor Who. We're actually talking about a new episode that just aired. I don't even know the name of it. Star Beast, right? The Star Beast, yeah. Star Beast. Jeez, I didn't even write it down. Uh, I am Ken. Jeff. Julia. Annie. And before we get into this new episode, which has David Tennant, Catherine, Catherine Tate, and uh, Russell T. Davis, um, let's talk a little bit about Doctor Who news. There's been a couple of things that have happened since we talked last. Um, so the anniversary, the 60th anniversary just went by. A lot of stuff was going on. They had displays um, in what Cardiff and... They had a ton of specials, ton of interviews, interviews. They've just had so much stuff. They had the, so let's talk about the children in need. They did a chil- children in need special. Um, have, have you guys seen that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. What'd you guys think of it? It was cute. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't yeah. like, wow. It was, I mean, it's not a funny one like the Red Nose Day ones are. So it was, I mean, it was good. Yeah, I thought it was all right. Yeah, so it, you know, obviously, unless you're living in Iraq, you would have heard, at least heard about it or anything like that. It was, it was pretty clever. It was, you know, they kind of brought it full circle with Genesis of the Daleks um, episode. Um, there's a little bit of controversy that Russell T. Davis has decided to put into that, and I don't know if we'll have time to get into that, but he basically has reimagined Davros to not be in the wheelchair anymore because um, the wheelchair, a Davros in a wheelchair gives off a bad impression for people who are in wheelchairs. Um, so I guess we'll leave it at that. Well, I just want to say he wasn't in a wheelchair. He was like a hybrid well, between yeah, like, yeah. evolution between the Dalek and the whatever his people were called. I forgot. And I'm point. so glad he came up with that because now I don't have to worry about the lady down the street taking over the world. <laughs> well, so okay, I, I, you're right, Annie. It, it, it's I, I'm not sure again, and we have a very we'll get into it in a few minutes but we have a very positive character that's in a wheelchair in this first episode so i'm not exactly sure why he did it and there's some politics involved so i don't want to really get too deep in that but he would have been better off saying that they didn't want to spend a lot of money on the makeup in the chair for a four minute clip well, yeah, this could have been before his accident, and that's what right. I that's all he had. To, that's what I thought too. And then he comes out and opens his mouth, and I'm like, "Why are you trolling us like that? Why don't you just say we did this before he hit the the war with the Thals happened, and we didn't want to spend money on the <laughs> the makeup." People didn't yeah. know that that's how he wound up in a wheelchair. I had no idea. Well, we we don't know either. We never seen it. It just. And it's not a wheel, like Annie says, it's not a wheelchair. It's almost like he's part Dalek. Yeah. And uh, I always thought that he 
became that. And then he said, well, wait a minute, I'm better now. And I'm going to make something that's even better, the Daleks or whatever. But again, he's alluding to the fact that future episodes, Julian Bleach, who plays Davros now, will be in, in the format that we saw him in. And again, if it's a flashback or if it's before his transformation, then that's okay. But now it's like, no, we're going to, so I, I don't know how he's going to explain it, but we'll just. I think let, he's just trolling just well, to get eyes on the show. Cause that's what he does. Okay. At least I hope. <laughs> Anyhow. So that happened. Um, there's been uh, photo shoots and stuff like that. Um, they just, they, they released tons of old pictures that a lot of them yes. have never been released before, which was kind of neat. Oh, I didn't see those. Um, I saw some clip uh, about how they, you know, came up with his new costume. Yes. And all, they, they've made like five versions of it. So they had to buy a ton of fabric, which apparently David picked out himself. Um, and how, you know, I love the new costume. <laughs> it's great. I do, too. I, I, I think it looks pretty sharp. Yes. The um the biggest thing is I I know this is the 60th anniversary but there hasn't been this much hype or discussion about the show in a while and I mean again we we can rename this podcast the the Chibnall Bashers because we will you know, everything <laughs> comes back to him but even an interview with Russell T Davis said that this first episode the Star Beast he meant it to be family orientated fun action-packed and he said that's been missing in doctor who the last few years I, so I he's true. absolutely agree with that <laughs> yeah. yes because i would i mean i i did i was gonna say this for what are you watching now but i did i watched an episode from every doctor and you can see the contrast and i, got, I don't want to change this to the chimno bashing but I, I watched the one with with tesla yeah. and that one had kind of some action in it but it was seemed kind of boring until they got to that part i was just like come on let's go and well the bbc released a three hour video on youtube of the best moments of doctor who and i watched part of it and i skipped it skipped over it skipped parts of it because i didn't want to watch and there's some really really good ones they have uh the moment where tom baker decides whether or not to blow up the Daleks and Genesis uh -huh. of Daleks. Yes. Um, um, a lot of the regenerations. Um, the the moment they bring Van Gogh back to the. Um, oh, Van Gogh. Yeah, that Van was Gogh a big one. one. You know, stuff like that. Amazing. And there's two Hartnells, one Troughton, two Pertwees, one Tom Baker, and then there's like probably eight or nine Jody Whitakers. And I couldn't believe it. The scenes that they were showing in Jodie Whittaker, where some of them were good, but they were so bad in comparison. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're trying to. There's there's. Well, anyways, I, I'm just not going to get into it. But Right. We um, could do a whole podcast on on that. OK, well, we have. Oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, so doctor who actually was released on disney plus at 1 30 yesterday it i was i don't know if you guys would what you got if you have disney plus or if you were yes but i was sitting there going you know refresh 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 oh boom there comes the play and i hit play right away yeah i mean when 
because the Michigan Ohio State game went to halftime, and I flipped over and it was like twenty after one, and I I just had it on there, and then at one thirty nothing showed up, so I I went out of that page, went to to the Loki page, then came back and it was there, and like at right at one thirty, and boom, just like what you did, just hit play. So, so that was pretty cool. Um, it's also showing um, they released the information that the the classic series is on Tubi, and it's weird because not all of them are on there. There's some that are on, that are some that aren't. Um, there's information that the son of Anthony Coburn, who wrote Unearthly Child, has a lawsuit going on. So he's removed Unearth- Unearthly Child has been removed from almost everything. It's been removed from but any streaming. Didn't he also write, wrote write the Aztecs too? I don't know. I don't know. He wrote um, two of them at least. I think one of them was the Aztecs. Well, this was this was an act to. This was a sort of like a big trolling act because he did it right before the anniversary because he knew everyone was right be before showing. they released all that stuff on the uh, iPlayer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so this was a more of a malicious act than anything. I mean, sure, maybe he's entitled to more money, but they had to remove it from the Adventures in Time and Space docudrama. Uh, so they had to remove that piece. They, you know, it's not available for streaming anywhere. Even luckily sh- on the USA Brickbox, I was able to watch that Adventure in Time is a Space and Time incomplete the way it was intended on the American brick box. Okay. Mm. Um, speaking of adventures in time and space, they also, um, they have a new version out where, I don't know if you can see both versions or if they just changed it, but if you remember at the end of the um, thing, a really great moment where uh, the first doctor um, looks over and sees Matt Smith and this was like when when it was filmed and it was a turnover to the new doctor and they redid this with Shudi Gatwa scene where he's in it now and it was pretty cool to see um hopefully they kind of make that both available but um this is why buying the physical media is still yeah yeah because if you bought an adventure in space and time when that came out, it also has a copy of An Unearthly Child, all four parts in it, too. Well, um, who's the guy who's suing? Is it, what's it? It's Anthony Coburn's son. Yeah. Um, he, he who should he, not be named. Okay. Well, he, he actually stopped at my house and he grabbed my, my physical <laughs> copy of Unearthly Child. So has he been to your house yet, Jeff? <laughs> no. Okay. I think not he's heading, yet. heading down there. Yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, well, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. um, I, I think if this ever went to court, all the documents that Warris Hussein has that prove that Warris Hussein and Bertie Lambert rewrote a lot of it. Because Warris Hussein already came out and said he has no claim. I said I had to rewrite a majority of what was oh, was written. Right so... Um, so... Um, what are the ratings? Do we know the ratings? They're 5.8. 5.8. I don't know how that compares to previous It's seasons. the second place only after Strictly. Yeah. That's pretty good. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, you know, 
I remember the days where they were in the eights with. Yeah, but they don't count the streaming for a whole week. Oh, okay. So anybody who streamed it after it aired, that's not going to count for a week. Okay. And that's just the UK figures. Yeah. That doesn't include Disney. Mm-hmm. So I'd be curious to see those numbers when they come out. But I, I think it was definitely a success. And again, we'll talk about it in just a minute. Um, so besides the, do we have any other quick news or do we want to no. go into what we've been watching really quick? I just want to make it kind of quick. Uh, do you promise to make it quick? Because last time you rambled on. Well, I, I edited it. I edited my, I, I actually edited my ramble. So I, I was able to uh, save people from that. So I've been listening to a, a podcast called Real Dictators that Paul McGann hosts. Oh. And it's, it's very good. It's very interesting if you're interested in learning more about, you know, various dictators through time. Um, and he's also in a new show. Uh, he has a minor role, but he's in a show called Annika with Nicola Walker. And um, it's, it's a very good show. I love it. It's That's a police funny. show, but she talks to the camera a lot and like makes you feel like you're part of her investigation, like you're walking around with her. And I don't know. It's pretty cool. That's funny because she played one of his companions on the, the Big Finish audios. She's like one of his oh, main really? Yeah. Oh. I love her. I would watch her in anything. Now, who is she the um she's the one she? who played Ruth and uh yeah, yeah. And okay. sp- yeah. Spooks or MI five, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, she's really good. Hey, what uh, else? I'll go, I'll go. I've been watching Monarch the Legacy of Monsters with Kurt Russell. And yep. I have to say it, it's on Apple mm-hmm. TV. It's uh, I, I like it. It's really good. It's like two stories where his son is the one during the 60s or 50s. 50s, yeah, because it's right after World War II. He sits in the 50s and he is, Kurt Russell is present day, like more or less. I, I'm enjoying it. The two, both stories that inter- intertwine are, are really good. And the young Kurt Russell is played by Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell, Kurt who Russell's played uh, the U.S. agent in the uh, Winter Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. And I also saw the Marvels. I thought that was okay. I was going in with all. Yeah, so the Marvels too it was, it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I went in with all expectations, and I came out enjoying it. I was like, it's not as bad as everybody's bashing it to be. I thought it was lighthearted and. Different. I said, oh, this is not bad. This is actually pretty good. And it set up uh, another movie down the line, maybe, mm-hmm. for a certain <laughs> franchise. I don't want to give it. Oh, it's been two weeks. It's, it's the X-Men. I mean, let's face it. <laughs> so, well, yeah. Well, no, that's coming. Yeah. yeah, the after credits was like released as soon as the movie went out. Everybody knew about it. So, yeah. So, yeah. That's what I've been watching. Yeah, but I, I saw the Marvels too and enjoyed it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you mentioned Apple TV. I've been watching Silo, which I started a while ago, and then I got a free subscription to Apple, so I'm watching it again. Um, I think it's very good. I've read the series of books it's based on, and I think it's very in keeping with the books. Uh, and I think it's a great series and really encourage more people to watch it. Yeah, I'll have to get Apple. Is it Apple TV? Yes, it's yes. Apple. I don't have that, so I'll have to get that somebody. I did enjoy I read the first book. 
and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, so yeah, add it to my list. Um, I watched um, the Daleks. In color? In color. Oh. What do you um, think? I, I, okay, so I'm not going to go too far into it because it's like a review. We may review it in the future. I thought the colorization was pretty good. They did a lot of editing. They cut out some things that I wish they hadn't cut out. They made it down from, I don't know how long it is. It's a six, seven, seven, seven parter, yeah. and they reduced it down to 75 minutes. So it moves. They had really quick editing. They added a lot of music to it, more contemporary music. So it definitely, you can't watch it and go, this is boring because it moves pretty quick. Um, so it's jarring to see that when you're used to something that's going so long but uh, it, it was uh it was pretty good it, um i and they show clips of other possible future releases or whatever and um it's not i don't want it to replace the original i don't i think they're going to release this on dvd in february and it's going to have january. both versions i already okay. pre-ordered it <laughs> okay and i i think it's going to have both versions the original um black and, and the white. new and the new so i mean i don't know if i'll buy it or not because i, I don't want to keep rebuying everything well but, um, because of the dingbat who's suing because of honestly child it's gonna be a long time before that box season one box that comes out on blu-ray yeah so. so anyways so that's it for that um so maybe we can just get right into it um the star beast the star beast or star beast i don't even know it's the star beast why don't you use your wikipedia like i just got right there star beast the star beast and i have all my <laughs> notes up and everything well half the time you can't read your own handwriting no i have it i have it on my phone oh that's so um i was i thought that julia was gonna say what she saw was the deer jumping over the fence that got hit by a car that she saw last night that she posted oh, yeah. on facebook <laughs> I was like, that's a story to tell. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty jarring. Um, okay, so The Star Beast is written by Russell T. Davis. It's directed by Rachel Talele, Um Who's actually in, at the Chicago TARDIS. She's at the Chicago TARDIS convention this, this weekend. Yeah, and we saw her at the, um, at the uh, Peter Cabaldi convention. Oh, that's right, we did. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, so he's back. David Tennant's back. Catherine Tate's back. Um, do we want to do a quick story summary of what happened? Because a lot happened. Well, he is back with his old face. He's, uh, doesn't understand why he's got the same face. And then he immediately runs into Donna. His TARDIS lands in London. Somewhere that looks rather Christmassy, but isn't a Christmas. This wasn't a Christmas special. Um, immediately runs into Donna, who is just like right off the bat, <laughs> just Donna. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then uh, it's too complicated to do a whole synopsis, but. Then all hell breaks loose. And all hell breaks loose. The spaceship <laughs> crashes. There's an alien. There may be two aliens. They don't know. Um,. It was very, it was just, it just moved so quickly. I, yeah. I mean, it, there were a few cheesy things in the opening bit of that. I did like, I know some people online have complained about 
Donna and and the doctor talking to the screens, you know, explaining what, you know, like she Actually, feels like something's missing and he doesn't understand why he's back. I didn't mind that at all. I thought it was I great. I didn't mind it at all because you've got new new people watching it for the first time. It's mm-hmm. like Plus a little it's introduction. Been, it's been 15, 15 years. 15 years. Since yeah, that exactly. Yeah. I thought it was a nice little uh, summary like, hey, this is what happened before. So I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, so it was a good introduction without being too too preachy, too just expedition-y. It, yes. it gave me a flavor of the characters. Yeah. And what their relationship was. So I thought that was good. Yeah. So um, the, the, the entire story um, and Russell T. Davis does this amazingly because you know, when the Daleks met up with the Sermon for the first time, he's, he, everyone's like, oh my God, that's going to be amazing. But then he steers the conversation to something else. And it was more about uh, Rose's parents you know, getting back together or so. But, um, but this is the same thing because there was so much going on between Donna, the doctor, that it was almost like Meep and, and, and the people that were chasing after him, the aliens or whatever, almost seemed like it was less important. I mean, it was there in the background. and But um, so I thought that was pretty cool that you had so much investing more in the characters because this is what I was going to say. One of the things was, I, I mean, the character development in this story, despite the fact that it was short, it was an hour and it was running around and everything, seemed better than what we've seen in the last few years. Mm. Plus, we already—it's mm-hmm. a cheat. We already knew two of the several of the characters. We already knew. We already knew um, the doctor and Donna's mother and Donna and stuff like that. But it—I um, got invested yeah. in the characters really quick. There was a lot of shorthand that it, you know didn't really need explaining, and he didn't explain that um, you just knew about these people, and you didn't have mm-hmm. to get to know them. Which which is handy, um, but I just I, it just felt so much more exuberant and exciting yeah. and less plotting yes. than, than the Chibnall shows. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I yeah. mean they, they, you know, there's a lot to talk about, but um, yeah, the pacing is amazing. Uh, it's just goes from action scene to action scene. And there's moments, there's a scene, I don't remember exactly, I, I, did I write it down? Where there was I brought character moments where they're just talking. And they're mm-hmm. not sitting there saying, oh, what are we going to do about this? Well, I don't know, let's do this. It's not about the plot, it's about the characters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Donna keeps talking about, uh, or the, the whole thing, one of the things is Donna was given a lot of money at the end of um, by the doctor. Right. And she spent it all. And why did she, she gave it that? away? She didn't spend it. Well, that's what I mean. million pounds. And she <laughs> gave it away to charities or whatever. And it was almost like, why did she do that? And, you know, it's because her character has changed from traveling with the doctor, even though she doesn't remember. The because she wanted to be like him. Because that's what he would do. Yeah. Right. Um, so. Let me ask, let me talk about that. First off, we have a new opening. Mm. I, I like the this, opening. I think I this is it. one of my favorite openings. I love it. 
Yeah. It looks expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, they got Disney money now. Yeah. 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 And it looks really, really good. It I does. mean, it does. It looks this really good. Yeah, really I, I, I I wish it was longer. It's felt really short, and I wish it was a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, I like that a lot. But what and, about that TARDIS? That's Disney money. Yes, that's like what huge. Donna says, it's gorgeous. I mean, I, I think this might be <clears throat> my f- one of the best TARDIS they have done since the McGann TARDIS. I mean, it is like, and, Do- and Donna blows it up in five minutes. Yeah. Because yeah. that's typical Donna. She has to yeah. kind of go, what could go wrong? Whoops. <laughs> Just like she, how she explained how she got fired from her job. She dumped coffee yeah. on the computer. And <laughs> I well, thought that was kind of clumsy, not in a Donna way, but I yeah. just, Me too. You know, like, you know, he could, he could have done that better. That mm-hmm. was beneath him having that happen. Well, it's almost um, like his fault, or it's almost like the TARDIS's mm-hmm. fault for having a coffee maker right on the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the doctor made her coffee. She, so it just yeah, it was like a big setup. Well, that, it could have been handled better than her, like literally flinging the coffee. Yeah. Like there could have been a bump or something that like made her spill. It would have been better if the coffee was sitting on the console and she inadvertently bumped it with her elbow or something. Yeah, yeah. something like that. I mean, these are like little minor nitpicky things. But he was going yeah. for ha-ha yeah. moment instead of, you know, yeah. let's be reasonable type moment. I do want to say about the TARDIS interior, this is not an interior just for three episodes. They would not have spent all that money just for a three-episode interior. No, it's going to be so, the one for Shooty, too, I think. I hope so. Well, they always change it for the next Doctor. So, I mean, there's been, talk of, they, there's been talk of a spinoff. For David Tennant and Donna. And I'm wondering oh. if that's what this was for. There's also talk of a spinoff for Paul McGann too. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there's been talk of it. Wow. We'll have to wait and see on that, I guess. Um, hopefully, it's not the last we've seen of it after, yeah. you know. Because um, the round things are back. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, I would hope should we get his own TARDIS interior. That's just me, you know. It's a very nice interior. But and I, I think that's obviously spent a lot of money on, so it's getting a lot of use. But I just like having each doctor get their own interior. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, okay, because Capaldi and Matt Smith kind of shared a console too. But there were differences, so there's got to be some kind of difference between this doctor and Shooty. That's all I'm saying. I yeah. don't want to have the same thing. Well, I, I prefer to have a room that's cluttered with stuff. I, I, I like the Paul McGann one. I like um, the. Um, the one from Maskam and Dragora from Tom Baker. I, I like the more. Yes, I like the uh, Tom Baker one. But but I do like this one a lot. It looks fantastic. I hope Shooty brings in changes. It doesn't have to be completely you know, new. like a bookcase mm-hmm. or hat rack or. Uh, I don't know if he's eccentric. It's hard to, you know, his, well, his we don't character. Know. Yeah. yeah, we don't know anything about his character yet, really, except he changes clothes, which is a nice change. Maybe there'll be a whole wardrobe on those ramps or something. Maybe, yeah. Or through one of those doors. There's like three or four doors in there. Yes. Um, so I think the characters, we talked about it already. I think the characters are pretty good in this. Um, there's a few supporting characters that were okay. I, I didn't think they were shining that much. I thought they were okay. I thought um, the Rose character started off really good and then she just sort of disappeared after Donna and the doctor were kind of doing their stuff but 
I mean, that's to be expected. Um, Donna's husband is the most. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. She she got sent away by her mother, so that's why she disappeared. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying that they could have. She was becoming almost like this first character because she was dealing with the meep right away, and then just in the script was was kind of not around toward the end. So we didn't get to develop her as much as we thought, and then. Even the scientific advisor, I forgot her name, but um, Ruth. No, she Ruth. no that her, the actress's name is Ruth Madeley, but she played Shirley Bingham. But <clears throat> she was in Big Finish. She's a companion for the Sixth Doctor. She plays a marine biologist, and she's also in the wheelchair in Big Finish too. Oh, okay. the, the character is. I mean, yeah. obviously, yeah. But she's been in Doctor Who before with the companion for the Sixth okay. Doctor and Mel. Well, yeah. getting back to, getting back to Rose, I want to say I think we're going to see her again yeah. because she made the toys. So I think she's going to come back when the celestial toy maker comes back. Okay, yeah, mm -hmm. that's a good. That's a good. Yeah, that that was my thought too. Um, but I did want to say that Don, that um, Donna's husband, the most understanding man in the universe, right? He has <laughs> all of this stuff thrown at him. He doesn't even get to give his daughter his last name. His wife gives away all the money. He's got aliens. Suddenly, his wife's running off with the with the Time Lord. He's just see, like, yeah, 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 go with it. That's nice. Look, I'm so lucky to have these two women. Da 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 da. And he's got. I don't know anybody who could. I don't know anybody who could be that understanding. That was just amazing. And he's got <laughs> to deal with the public too, because he's a he's a taxi cab driver. Yeah. So he's got to listen to all the idiots who come into his cab and who come, blah, 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 you know. So yeah, he's got to have some understanding because he's the, what he's got to deal with. So. Um, so again, we, we talked about this already, but, um, the special effects in this were really good. Obviously mm -hmm. they've spent more money on this and, um, I can't wait to see that going forward. I think that'll amp things up a little bit and it won't detract from the episode. It, you know, the whole thing with the, the, the only criticism, one of the criticisms I have is Russell D. Davis does this all the time is when the rocket was about ready to launch off, it created this, these cracks all over the, the city. F fantastic effect, by the way. But then when they stop it, all the cracks go back together and everything's sealed up perfectly. And it's like, yeah, that was, <laughs> that's magic. And uh, that seemed a little, I, I wish they had stayed open and then they would just have to repair them. But it's like, and Russell T. Davis does that all the time. So it's not mm -hmm. like, oh, that wasn't a shot surprise. No. He, yeah. Yeah. But, um, speaking of which, where did I, oh, the sonic screwdriver. Oh, you got an upgrade. <laughs> I didn't like the force fields that he made with it. They're way too powerful. Yeah. yeah. Way I didn't mind the touchscreen when he was talking to the scientific advisor. To, yeah. And he was using it like a touchscreen of the computer. But I didn't Tony like. Stark. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't like. I didn't like the force fields. No, that was a bit much. And he yeah. teleports those uh, aliens. I, I mean, it, it's too powerful. The next episode, if they get in any danger, can't they just teleport? Well, I don't know if they, it works the other way, but. It just feels like it's too powerful. But that's mm -hmm. the whole, my whole complaint about the new series from 2005 onward is that Sonic Screwdriver has always been too powerful. Overused, yeah. 
Yeah, it's overused and too powerful. Yeah, I think one wand. episode, Matt Smith used it like a magic wand to save yep. the day. And I was just like, really? That's lazy writing. You Oh, we'll just wave the mad uh, sonic screwdriver around. And yeah, but yeah, it's it's too powerful and it has too many functions. So going forward, if there's a situation where they're under attack or something like that, that sonic screwdriver has to break or something. Otherwise, they can just create a shield and it, it just is too much. Mm-hmm. Maybe Donna will break it. Well, maybe maybe <laughs> coffee spilled in it. Yeah, there you go. Um, so m- my favorite scene in, in the whole thing, and this is character moments, is obviously when Donna and the doctor are in the control room there of the ship and um, they get divided up and the doctor has to make a decision. Uh, those are those character moments that Russell T. Davis does so well and it's very emotional and... She pleaded, Donna actually pleaded with the doctor. It's like me or nine million people. Right. Yeah. And those, the acting by those two characters, I haven't seen acting like that in Doctor Who in a while. Yeah. And um, yeah, they do. They're so good together. Like, it's like they never left the show. So well. Yeah, it is like they never left. They never stopped. Yeah. It seems like. They, I mean, unless they're totally faking it, I've seen them together in other things, even just like little clips that they do together, like talking about the show. And they just seem like they like each other a lot, mm-hmm. you know, like they get along well and play off of each other. Because it's there's a clip of, of David Tennant and Catherine Tate doing, I think it's Much Ado About Nothing. Oh. And he's like covered in paint, like a, like he's a painter. So it's like set in modern times and she's playing Beatrice and it is just hilarious. If you can look it up on YouTube or something, it is so funny. The two of them, mm. it's a riot. Yeah. Well, that's, that's important. And the chemistry and um, it definitely shows through. I think it's definitely the highlight of this. And it's like, Oh no, we only have what three more or, Two more. Yeah, I know. Two more. Um, Yeah, but the... No, I just... It's funny because I've seen Catherine Tate in other things. And I just am not a huge fan of her comedy. No. She plays like an old lady in something. It was terrible. Oh, yes. I know what you're talking about. The only other one that I've seen her in, and I've only seen the Red Nose Day clip with her and and David Tennant, where he's... That thing is great. That thing is so yeah. that's hilarious. But I think that character alone would drive me crazy. Well, yeah. <laughs> and she was, I didn't like her character at all in The Runaway Bride. No. I was like, when, was kinda... when, when they announced her, I'm like, oh, God. And boy, but she, right off they the bat, me. it works they, so perfectly, yeah. though. She's my probably my favorite companion of the new series. Oh, yeah, definitely. By, mm-hmm. by, by quite a bit. And, um, you know, great. We get to see her again, and we get to see David Tennant, who's excellent. His yeah, he's probably just, he gets the, mad. It's just everything about it. This whole episode. I mean, I'm not saying this is the best episode ever, but mm-hmm. compared to what we've been having, it's just like, whew, thank you. That, yeah. Right. Anyone watch is, it twice? I did. Yes. Yeah, I did. And this was the first time that my son actually sat and watched it with me. 
since Katana oh, Zero. Oh, that's nice. He he even made a comic says this is a lot much better than the, the, the previous series because he would watch bits and pieces on his own on BBC America and turn it off and lost interest. But he said he sat and actually watched the whole thing and and said, yeah, I liked it a lot better than what was before. Yeah, so. my daughter watched it with me too, and and she hasn't watched it since Matt Smith, because um, she loved him, yeah. and she sat there and was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and she didn't know that there was going to be three episodes with Catherine Tate. So when that scene comes, when at the end when Catherine Tate dies, uh, she was like, oh my god, and I and I didn't, I, I bit my lip and didn't say anything, mm-hmm. and then when she woke up and went, what? My daughter was like, wait a minute, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? That was a good scene. Everybody saying what? I like the comedy of that scene. Yeah, is that the, where where he he discovers uh, Donna for the first time? Talking about that scene? No, No, so when when she's dying, coming back to life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But even the the Donna stuff where he, he, he tries to help that woman, and it's like, that was pretty funny. That was funny. What did you guys think about the comment about a male presenting Time Lord? Well, I mean, I thought it was appropriate for the, you know, because the daughter is, is transgender. It seems like they would be more aware of that as a, thing that you should check on and talk about and discuss you know it's the same thing when they asked the meat what their pronouns were mm-hmm. and which i also thought was pretty funny i used the definitive article oh i do that too um yes. <laughs> i mean um, I, I can i can see that but just the way it came out and i've seen this online other people commented on it they've used the word clumsy and i agree with that yeah i think that a lot of the writing with, with throughout this the this episode was much better than that, and that just seemed kind of thrown in there, and it landed for me like a clunk. So I'm like, it, it could have been better. I think RTD can do better than that. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I'm not going to get too far into it, but I, I think he's a better, well, I mean, I'm sorry, Chris Chibnall, but I think he's a better writer than Chris Chibnall, and I think if Chris Chibnall had done that, it would have been bigger clunk, I think. It, it just, mm-hmm. and I think he did do clunks throughout his... <laughs> His whole seasons, um, he's a clunk. His whole year was a clunk. Just it would have been more of a focus, I think, if it had been a Chibnall episode. Yes, there would have been a lot more talk about where this one just transgender people and how the you know because because the Chibnall era was a lot more preachy. Yeah, kind of preachy. Yeah, uh, but just kind of like in your face with it, like. Some of it I didn't mind, but some of it was just like over the top. And I feel like he would have, it would have been like beating a dead horse. It just would have kept coming up and coming because up. Because I read a review from the BBC where the BBC reviewer said, oh, and then comes the message. And I was like, oh, gee, that doesn't sound good. But then when it happened, I was like, those are kind of just like throwaway lines. I was like, it was like more in the background. I, it thought, it was, I thought for the most part it was handled really well when, the, when Sylvie says, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. should I say she's gorgeous because it's that yes. sex sister. <laughs> so I get so confused, and then Donna says, "Yeah, yeah, I do too." And I'm like, I can totally relate to that. 
Because yeah. one of my kids went through a period of of being questioning about you know mm-hmm. her whether she was going to be present as male or female. And it was confusing. It's confusing yeah. for everybody. And I think acknowledging that and talking about it in a normal way, the way a normal family would talk about it, yeah. is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought, thought that scene was very good. I liked the way he handled that scene. That's why the line later on stood out to me. Because I'm like, you can do a great scene like that. And then suddenly there's this clunker well, yeah, I thrown out now. later on this in the sh- same episode. So. Yeah, yeah, that was a little. Cl- I do agree. I I also think that you have to keep in mind that Rose is fifteen ish, and mm-hmm. is uh, just starting. Maybe just to- start. Like maybe has tra- been transitioned for a couple years, but obviously still, um, you know, the, those kids that were making fun of her, yeah, uh, were an issue. And obviously, it's it, it's not a resolved issue for her. And so, you know, teenagers get really <laughs> passionate and black and white about things. And and so that's that's the way I took it. That she was just being like, we need to clarify this. You are male presenting. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, I think the way Russell T. Davis handled it, um, he, he presented to us the dilemma of the family and he presented the dilemma of kids you know, mm-hmm. calling out to to her, that that stuff is real, and yes. he he made it real, and he didn't get the doctor didn't come up go up on stage and say, well, look, you know, this is what has to happen, and blah blah blah, and that's what Chimnall's era did more of, and even some of the uh, I'm not going to get into, it, but even some of the uh, other stuff that's been going on with Marvel and stuff, they get a little too preachy sometimes, and it's too it's too awkward and clunky or whatever, but this, I think was a little bit better. I, I, like you said, Annie, I think, you know, you do it, you go to it too often and it, and it gets maybe clunky or whatever. You you just kind of ease it in a little bit. And I think Mm -hmm. it was handled well. And I'm sure there'll be more of that going forward with this character, Rose. I don't know how I'm assuming that these characters are going to be in it in every episode because, well, I, isn't the next one? I think it's in outer space. Oh, is it? Is yeah, at least big... that's that's what the trailer kind of. Yeah, it looked like yeah. it. In the trailer. They land on a spaceship. Trailer. It's really. I short. didn't see no trailer. Well, it's on our <laughs> Facebook page. Oh, okay. So, just, <laughs> along with all the other gazillion stuff videos that they've posted, I was like, "Damn, give me a break!" I go yeah. get off for a couple hours, go on and see if there's anything new. And there's like. 10 stuff i'm like oh wow plus we still need like, to see will if we, they're going to bring back yeah. will for the final the first final appearance is, if you so we still have to video, see that coming if you watch the video of the read through he was supposed to be in this one. Oh, he was he was at oh. the read through so he i don't dies. know if the read no that's the read through you're talking about i think it was all three episodes oh, that, that three room episodes? was huge that room was huge there was like a hundred hundreds of people in it I thought read-throughs were like just like seven, ten people, but I thought the read-throughs were for each episode. It, well, they, they, they have, might have been, but it might have been like a, a I don't know. I mean, maybe they figured it was that's save a lot time. of like, a lot of stuff that David Tennant's got to remember. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I I think it's a read-through just kind of goes through the tone 
and it doesn't really like you're not memorizing it during a read through. You're just kind of going. Well, yeah, through. I know, th- I know that, but yeah, I but always I, thought a read through was for episode. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, I hate to say this, but it's possible that he was filming some stuff, and then I don't know if he died during the filming or. I thought he died it, after they were wrapped. Okay. I yeah. thought it was after as well. Yeah. So maybe they edited it and shifted things around. But uh, Russell that was... Davis comes out and said this is the last thing he's ever done. I thought so. Yeah. So maybe I, he's in I the do, third episode. Or I do like the scene where he's like, uh, well, he was old and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, he's not dead. You know? And Sylvia, Sylvia, Sylvia goes, idiot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. But uh, not as funny as it would have been if he was still alive. But yeah. The actor. <laughs> Yeah, which, yeah. This this story is based on the the, the comic strip from <laughs> Doctor Who when it was Doctor Who Weekly. Yep. So is I kind of knew that the Meep was the villain all along, and seeing it, well, Kurt watched it with me, and I'm like watching to see his reaction, and he goes, "Oh, okay, that makes sense," because the Doctor went checked the pulse, and there wasn't any damage from on the car. So. Mm. Is this the first story they've taken from the comics? Yes. This one is by Pat Mills, who's responsible for creating Judge Dredd. And and Dave Gibbons, who is the artist slash writer. And Dave Gibbons is famous for uh, being part of the creator for The Watchmen. Okay. With uh, Alan Moore. But Dave Gibbons uh, did, like, the art for the first up through Davison's comic strip and he took over as writer during towards the end of the Baker strips and the Davison strips until Steve Parkhouse came along. But they um they were credited at the beginning for the writing. They they put them at the top of the during the credits. So that was good. I did see that, yeah. Um they also they Marvel came out with a Doctor Who comic book and they reprinted those Doctor Who magazine strips in a comic book. And I think this might have been the first story that was in the first it is. comic book. Yeah. And if you look at the poster for the, the, the promotional poster for this episode is based on the Marvel comic Yep. When it, from that. Mm-hmm. So now they've, they've done from the comic strip, they've done an adaption of Big Finish and they've done an adaption of the New Adventure books. So they've yeah. Kind of covered everything. Yeah, they did the. Was it like the um, family of blood, the um, human nature? And Dalek mm-hmm. was the other. Dalek for the um, audio the adventure. Big, right? Yeah, so they've done yeah. one from. They've taken from everything, so it's yeah. kind of neat. And mm-hmm. that run of comic strips was actually probably the, the golden age of the comic strips because after once you got to the seventh Doctor and eighth Doctor onward, it kind of got. Eh, so, um, yeah, I think the writing's pretty good in this. I, I think it maybe was a little too convenient at the end, and that's Russell T. Davis for you. But I think he set things up. I think he, he solved the whole Donna would die if she remembered, but it made perfect sense that it got split up and was in both of them. Um, How do you feel about the resolution, though, where they're just having to kind of wish it away? Yeah, that was uh, That was kind of weakish. Yeah, I thought so too. That was all part of that one that line that you said about the 
the, the male presenting doctor yeah, and everything. That, I was yeah. like, I was like, it would have been better if he just did some scientific thing. Yeah, I just let it go. I was like, really? I was like, if, they, if that was the case, <laughs> he could have just done that at the end of the, uh, the end of time when he regenerated or whatever. He could have. You know, yeah, I didn't totally get that. That was just like, really? I mean, it took you 15 years to just come up with wish it away. Yeah. So the Meep has a boss. Do we know who that is? Well, that's your toy maker. Could be. Or is it? That's what I assumed it it was the toy maker, but. Either that or it's something for the future for Shooty God. I think it might be for Shooty. Or it could be the master. Oh, I hope not. My first thought was the master that I'm like, oh, it's got to be a session toy maker because this is just a three episode thing with, with them. Well, it makes so. sense. Why did this face come back if the celestial toy maker interfered with the regeneration? Mm. And that's why he's got, he regenerated into clothes. And speaking of regeneration, it's the first post regeneration story where the doctor is with it and not like bouncing off the walls. Like, oh, who am I? What am I doing? Blah, 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 blah. Which is refreshing because that gets boring after a while. And um, Tom Baker predicted this because the curator curator from that museum says visiting a couple old faces, you know. But only mm-hmm. the the particular favorites. Or yeah. Like that. Whatever, yeah. And um, so it kind Some of. Some of the old favorites. Old favorites. Yeah. Which was referencing to him because he was. But, you know, it mm-hmm. was kind of neat to see kind of but we still don't know why you know it doesn't seem to bother him that much he just and, and oh i like the scene at the end where the doctor goes cryptic i don't like it because i don't either russell t davis but it's <laughs> cryptic and i'm like yeah david i believe i agree with you i, I hate it too but it just seemed gonna... good to see the whole band back together it just felt right i was like boom it's like you waited we trudged through even the music was better than it had yes. been. It's memorable. It has those themes that we remember. So, anyways. I don't like the with... vocals in the main theme. I like it just when it's instrumental, not with the, the oohs and the ahs the, and everything. The vocals, it was, that was in the, the end credits, right? Yeah, I or don't like it, it. You don't like it? I didn't really no. notice it until someone mentioned it, and then I watched it again. I mean, it's, I'll have to watch it again, that's okay. It didn't really bother me as much because it's end credits. So I remember yeah. it from when they played the orchestra and everything. And the oh, you did. And, oh, yeah, okay. I didn't like it then either. Mm. So that's okay. It's only the yeah, a small quibble, but it's just me. So, but damn, that TARDIS is so awesome. <laughs> I just. What did you think of the Wrath Warriors? I thought they looked really. Um, they were very- awesome. Throw very back. good. Were those costumes? Because Russell has a uh, has a picture of him with the head of the Wrath Warriors, and I, I hope to God those are costumes. Because if it is, those are like one of the best costumes they've ever done for the show, uh, along with the Meep. The Meep, they're not they, they're not CGI, right? They're actual costumes. I hope. Well, the Meep had to be CGI for at least part of it. That they, that couldn't have been a costume. The way the know, the, because the mouth moving and everything. Because I did see a picture of uh, a Meep. And on like uh, when they were doing the uh, the the start of it with all the, the people coming the read through down the red carpet, yeah, yeah. Read, no, the read through where the was the no, meep on the, the red carpet. 
was the no, you know when they have the, the red, red carpet when they have the <laughs> it's real the grand times. opening or like the yeah yeah well, was, was there a meep there yeah in glass. did he walk no because it was in glass it was a display oh, okay you well know? don't don't forget i mean there could have been both uh, his sure. eyes and mouth could have been cg and there could have been a body <laughs> there I just hope that the wrath were like real because that was like the best costume ever. I, I thought they were okay. They were very much like the the, the comic strip. But that and that was intentional because that's where they came they, from. They did walk really good. I mean, well, that that can't be the walking has to be CG because I don't think you can a human can walk like that. They're like yeah, I don't they know, bugs. <laughs> But they, they don't, they look, don't forget they flew. So. Okay, that was CGI, but there had to be yeah. parts where yeah. there were not CGI, right? Because well, Russell has one of the heads. Well, they, they they can build it and they can have a stationary object standing there and people act off of it, but then they add CG <laughs> later on or something, or they make it a yeah. CG character. But uh, maybe is there a making of? Did they do a? Um... That's theirs today. Okay, so maybe they'll well we'll probably and find out then. Somehow they said it's going to be on Disney Plus. So, at least that's what Russell said on his Instagram. Okay. Okay, I didn't hear that, but good. We'll, we'll find out then. Okay, so I think everyone's looking forward to the next one. I think um, this yes. was kind of like, thanks for coming back, Doctor Who, and going forward, I think we have better. At least I have a better hope. Um, we'll see how the ratings are and everything and see if they can keep going with Shooty Gatwa, but mm. I feel much more comfortable about the show than I did a year ago. I actually really am excited to see the next episode, and that hasn't happened in a long time. Right. Yeah. I hope it gets to the point where we can actually start talking about the episodes instead of comparing them to Chibnall all the time. That we just like... Exactly. <laughs> Who? What? Who's this Chibnall you're talking about? Well, we have to, yeah, I mean... Um, Actually, I wouldn't mind seeing Chris Chibnall at a convention and sitting on his panel and just hearing his thoughts. No, uh, no, actually, no, I really do, because he, he does conventions. He did the one in California, so he does go out there and takes questions, so I'll he, give him if credit he went for to, that. If he went to Ally Who, that's the only... Th that would be my main reason of going is just to see every one of his panels and just see. I can just see your question. He goes, oh, I, Lord. Go. I would be I nice. Go, what were you thinking? <laughs> I would be nice. I would say, Hey, um, you know, I really enjoyed what you did in the first season. I thought you got away with some of the stupidity that Moffat had been doing, but what happened? Yeah, was it the empty child thing or the, what the hell was that crap? Oh, the timeless. <laughs> Oh, Timeless well, child. Like, why? What was that for? Hey, this is not about. I got no. Chance. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, we can edit this out. <laughs> if I remember, I think we're happy with this one. I thought, you know, I think we can go forward. Anything yeah. more about this? Mm -mm. No. Just can't wait for the next one. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening.